Blog Talk Radio.
another episode of Talk Gordo. This is the show, the Book of Douglas Family and Friends Network. You're listening to Seth, and I just want to welcome everybody to another episode of, again, the show. I uh, just want to thank everybody for the patience. I know it was a little long, but I like that um, jazz uh, rendering of Ain't No Stopping. So hopefully y'all like the little new little remix there. Uh, but anyway, how's everybody doing? Hopefully everybody's doing wonderful, and I really do mean that. Um, I know last week we didn't have the show, and a lot of y'all, I'm sure, miss it. I would like to think that. Hopefully I'm not just dreaming. But I would think that the family missed hearing the show last week. I know a lot of y'all do tune in because the archive shows it. So while we don't have a lot of people that normally listen when we're live, probably no more than about 20 people, 20, 25, sometimes as high as 30, you go into the archives, and that's when we see more people listening. So, again, I just want to welcome everyone to the Book of Douglas Family and Friends Network. And what we're trying to do with our family and friends is just network. Simple and plain, just a little old show, no no grander, you know, this is not some grand, um, just trying to network, simple and plain. Just This is a, a sophisticated way of exchanging business cards. I'm, I'm hoping we, uh, that's my goal, just we, it's our way of just exchanging knowledge, uh, business cards, uh, just, just, just networking, folks, simple and plain. So this show have been uh, doing that since I think it was started around November, and we started off interviewing family members. So we won't be such strangers. We haven't forsaken that totally. We are not done with that. We will continue to uh, uh, interview people, interview different family members. We're not done. It's just that you know, some to some of y'all, it, it, some of us value the interviews more than others. Some of us just don't know people, and we just don't yet. Some of, some of the young people just not picking on the young people, but it's true. They just don't value a lot of the older people's and their contributions they've made to the family. So, and I'm not picking on young people; it's just the truth. Young people concerned about other stuff. So, tonight, tonight we have a lot coming at you. Tonight we have a full show. As a matter of fact, we have a table topic tonight. I'm not going to talk about what it is until it's time, just to kind of keep you wondering, just to make it fun, not trying to be a control freak, but just to make the show fun. So tonight we have a very important, I mean, I'm so serious, but if you can't get no serious in this uh, topic. We are going to try to keep it positive and upbeat, as we always say we will, um, but it is very, very important uh, topic, folks, and it's not nothing to play around with. So um, if the family needs it, not just this family, all family needs this topic that we're going to share. So what I did is I found some audio clips because I don't want y'all to think I'm trying to teach y'all something. I'm really not, honestly. I told you this is our show, and now hopefully tonight it will be our discussion. Hopefully tonight it will be our discussion. I mean that. It is really not about Seth. Um, I just want to uh, share some important information, things that have changed my life or influenced my life, if nothing else, and changed my life. And uh, we'll talk about that a little later on. It has affected all of us. It has affected and will affect all of us and all families. So we'll talk about it tonight. And so tonight also we got coming at you, just just to name a few things we're going to try to do tonight. Uh, We got uh, the president address. 
I told you we would do it every single week. So tonight will be only for about three or four minutes. The president will address uh, the nation. Um, his weekly address, he addressed the nation rather. And we'll, we'll hear a clip of that. Um, and y'all got to hear, you got to hear what he have to say. It's just simple and plain. I really, really like this man. Um, and I, 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 I don't like everything he do, but I like what he's trying to do. And I just think it's a good idea to support him. Just simple and plain, folks. It's just a good idea to support this man. Simple and plain. All right? Um, so we'll bring him on in a little bit. Also, we're going to continue to do our top ten movies. Um, also, we'll just also do the weather because I think some of y'all appreciate that. Knowing Giving a heads up, you don't have to watch it in the evening. So all you got to do is listen to the weather report on the Booker Douglas Family Friends Network. We get the same information that the uh, the meteorologists get from the same source. So won't be no more accurate, no more um, false. It'll just be the same information, okay? I know one thing is going to be hot. I do know that. So we'll do that tonight. Uh, also, a little comedy coming at you a little later on. Also, we've got a little comedy coming at you. You can stay tuned. You know, I always like to keep y'all keep us laughing. It's very important that we laugh, folks. Nothing, nothing, nothing on this planet is, is so serious that you can't enjoy a laugh. So we're going to try to do a little comedy tonight. And uh, and then, like I said, we got the uh, – hopefully, and Robert called in with her inspirational moment. I left her a message. Hopefully, she'll call. I know last week we didn't have it, and that's probably threw off a little bit. But uh, I'm hoping, really hoping that she will call in um, and with her inspirational thought. Uh, so that's coming your way also. And we also got some yeah, uh, the little health warning I always do. I've got to play it. I know y'all make it tired of hearing it, but some of y'all don't know your health right, so we got to play the little health thing. Uh, uh, and so that's coming your way. I thought I would do that. And we'll do, uh, if we have time for this segment, Did You Know, I really like that. You know, I think sharing things that just blow my mind may not blow your mind. You might not even be impressed. You might not even be interested. But, I mean, that's the least I could do is share what has just simply blown my mind and have been very important to me in the way of Did You Know. And, again, Did You Know is just simply a time where I just say, Did You Know, and I'll name some statistics or something that might be of interest to you. Uh, start doing it with my kids a long time ago, and it, 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 it sounded like a little corny game, but I'm telling you, sometimes you get very interested in what these kids learn in school. And so I remember Josiah Liddy used to challenge each other with, did you know this? And then they will come back at the, at the other one, did you know this? And they'll go until the person say, uh, I didn't know. If they did know, they have to go again. And have to go again. So it's a kind of a corny game, but it's also a good way to. Of course, I'm not going back and forth with y'all. I'm just simply sharing that you know. So that that's important. That's where we talk about economic things going around the world, how exploitation, different things like that. So we'll, we'll, we may do that if we get a moment. Um, also around the news, around the family news, around the family news, news and information around the family. We'll talk about some things that happened over the weekend. Um, you know, Father's Day, we missed that. So uh, that is something else. We'll, we'll talk about the Father and the barbecue. So all these things we'll talk about when we back. Uh, I want to just give the family just a little bit more time, folks. Please be patient. Y'all, please be patient, okay? It's very important uh, you be patient with me because I'm just trying to 
uh, do the show to where some of the main listeners I know always listen will be in the room, and I don't see them yet. So, uh, again, those of you on the phone lines already, press 1 if you need to com- if you want to comment or make a uh, suggestion or whatever. Comment, um, and you can just share whatever's on your dear little heart. And uh, anybody in the chat room, uh, on the other hand, remember, you have to register with Blog Talk Radio and get a screen name, and then you can chat and send me messages, okay? Uh, some of y'all have done that, but not many of you. A lot of you just like to go on and just stay incognito as a guest. Speaking of incognito, don't forget, you can, uh, when you call in the phone lines, you can do a star 67, and... Uh, then the number of the show, which is 760-283-0838, and you can remain incognito. I won't even know. It'll just say unknown. You can do that. Anytime the show is on, you don't have to reveal who you are. You can be incognito, which is star 67. All right? So, folks, let's do this. Uh, let me just go ahead and just give the family a little bit more time. I don't want to cover too many things where they miss, and uh, we'll be right back after this little short uh, little music clip. This is actually an old one by R. Kelly, but a good one called Spirit. Y'all remember Spirit by R. Kelly? Of course you do. We'll be right back after Spirit. I can see my destination I can hear my
Love that song. Love that song. Every time I hear it, you know, some songs just don't get old. And that was, that's one of them. Family, listen, I want to remind everybody that this is your show. I really mean that. And uh, while I enjoy doing it, you know, it's just the least I can do. I don't get a chance to spend a whole lot of time with them. I just don't have time. It's like y'all don't have time. I, just, I do think this show is important. I think there's some things that happen in the series. Uh, I'm sure you've been hearing about it. If you haven't, you've been living on the rock or you're hanging around the wrong people because for sure, for sure, the prophets, the politicians, and the economists, all of them are predicting something that's going to happen very soon this year with regards to the dollar. Oh, they don't have nothing to do with me. Oh, yes, it does. If all of a sudden your money is half the value that it's worth overnight and, um, that can trickle into a whole lot of problems. They're talking about there's going to be a rush on uh, food, on uh, grocery stores, rush on gas. It's going to cause panic. Some people even predict race war. If you think this is just a joke or some people just freaking out, you need to really put your ear to the uh, ground, speak, and listen. Look at some of these news clips. Uh, go online and type in things like economic collapse or, or race war or civil unrest. There's a lot of people predicting these things to happen. I'm not saying it to scare you. I'm just saying so you can be prepared, you know, just like the whole New Orleans thing. Had those people been told the real deal, well, they were some of them, but a lot of them just didn't hear it all. They didn't take it serious. They didn't get enough information. And I'm just trying to do my part. I'm just sharing with everybody that it is a it's serious, 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 and a lot of preachers and churches I know not they're oblivious just like a lot of a lot of us are, but there are a whole lot of churches that have went taken a step further. They're looking at uh, they're getting supplies to where something happened. Their family, their members can be uh, uh, helped in the church for a month, or some even talking about up to six months worth of chaos. I don't know if this, these things are true. To be honest, which I, I do. I don't know, but I am leaning towards believing it because when you start seeing a record number of people buying guns and, and the sheriff departments all across the country upgrading their uh, artillery, something is going down. Something is very happening. Our leaders have been talking, talking, talking about this. So I don't want to see the whole show talking about it. I just want to mention it to you all. It's very, very serious, very, very serious, okay? Uh, on a lighter note, let's just go ahead and do this. Uh, I want to get the president out of the way because uh, – not out of the way, like I really don't want to hear him or nothing, but – I just uh, want to play him right away because this is so important, what he is saying. Yes, we have an election coming up in uh, November. And yes, people will say almost anything to get reelected. I understand, I understand, I understand. Trust me, I understand people will say anything to get reelected. But uh, on the other hand, I think this man and his family has tried very hard to uh, meet the needs of this country. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring on uh, the president with his weekly address. You can you can find this on YouTube, Google, uh, any browser can 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 take you to the present address. Y'all should check it out. If you're not into politics, you don't have time to read all these books and find all you know update on the economy. Like I was just talking about, you just don't have time to worry about all this stuff. Fine, at least you need to hear him once a week for about five minutes, just giving you an update on what he's been doing. So check this out. This is a very short address. This address is only like three minutes. I know y'all got three minutes to listen to your president. Here is President Barack Obama. Over the past three years, we've been clawing our way back from the worst economic crisis of our lifetimes. And we know it'll take longer than any of us would like to fully recover all the jobs and savings that have been lost. But there are things we can do, right now, to help put people back to work, 
and make life a little easier for middle-class families. For months, I've been pushing Congress to help us along by passing common-sense policies that would make a difference. Democrats and Republicans have already done some important work together, like passing a tax cut that's allowing working Americans to keep more of their paychecks every week. But Congress has refused to act on most of the other ideas in my jobs plan that economists say could put a million more Americans back to work. There's no excuse for this kind of inaction. Right now, we are seven days away from thousands of American workers having to walk off the job because Congress hasn't passed a transportation bill. We're eight days away from nearly seven and a half million students seeing their loan rates double because Congress hasn't acted to stop it. This makes no sense. We know that one of the most important things we can do for our economy is to make sure that all Americans get the best education possible. Right now, the unemployment rate for Americans with a college degree or more is about half the national average. Their incomes are twice as high as those who don't have a high school diploma. So if we know that a higher education is the clearest path to the middle class, why would we make it harder to achieve? So much of America needs to be repaired right now. Bridges are deteriorating after years of neglect. Highways are choked with congestion. Transportation delays cost Americans and businesses billions of dollars every year. And there are hundreds of thousands of construction workers who've never been more eager to get back on the job. So why would we let our transportation funding run out? This is a time when we should be doing everything in our power, Democrats and Republicans, to keep this recovery moving forward. My administration is doing its part. On Friday, Secretary of Transportation Ray LaHood announced $500 million in competitive grants for states and communities that will create construction jobs on projects like road repair and port renovation. And that's an important step, but we can't do it all on our own. The Senate did their part. They passed a bipartisan transportation bill back in March. It had the support of 52 Democrats and 22 Republicans. Now it's up to the House to follow suit, to put aside partisan posturing, end the gridlock, and do what's right for the American people. It's not lost on any of us that this is an election year, but we've got responsibilities that are bigger than an election. We answer to the American people, and they are demanding action. Let's make it easier for students to stay in college. Let's keep construction workers rebuilding our roads and bridges. And let's tell Congress to do their job. Tell them it's time to take steps that we know will create jobs now and help sustain our economy for years to come. This is Caleb Booker, better known as And you're listening to the Booker Family's Family and Friends Network. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Donna, Irene's oldest daughter. You are listening to the Booker Douglas Family and Friends Network. You guys enjoy the show. And that is true. You listen to the Booker Douglas Family and Friends Network. I'm Seth. And I just want to, uh, because, um, because we didn't have a show last week, I just want to um, kind of visit some things. Um, had we had the show, I would have talked about. And one of which is the barbecue. Uh, I uh, got a chance to attend the barbecue. Very nice, very well organized. And I had to leave early, and I so apologize to everybody for that because I, I didn't know that the game was at um, 7 o'clock and I thought it was at 8 o'clock and I had company coming. And uh, <laughs> and uh, had to rush home because somebody said, it's not at 8 o'clock, it's at 7 o'clock. So I didn't have an hour to spare like I thought. So I apologize to the family. Uh, not that y'all um going to hold me to it. I just 
apologize out of the kindness of my heart. Also, uh, Father's Day happened, and I want to uh, congratulate all the fathers in the family. Hope everybody is. Uh, hope everybody had a wonderful Father's Day, and hope you was able to feel appreciated by um, not just the family, but friends and strangers. Okay, and I really mean that. Fathers they don't get a whole lot of holler in the black community like it should get, and that's probably in every community. Now I think about it, uh, just don't get a whole lot of uh, hoopla over Father's Day. And again, this is every community. It's just something about men. They just not so much is happening, so much is under attack. Some of men under attack if they you know, they're always sharing what uh you do wrong and uh, it's just a very unfriendly uh father environment, um, talking about the American press. So anyway, uh happy belated Father's Day to all those fathers out there and thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, fathers are so important, my goodness. It's probably one of the most important jobs on the planet, you know. Uh, so going back all the way to the garden. But anyway, folks, I want to quickly go over the weather and the 10 movies, uh, our movie countdown. And I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and uh, do the uh, the weather first. Like I say, <laughs> bottom line is it's going to be very, very hot. I mean, you might as well just say, hey, just hot. That's all there is to it. That's the forecast, just hot. <laughs> But um, to be more specific, to be more specific, right now it's 93 degrees outside, 93 degrees. And uh, what's happening is, uh, let's look and see if we can get an extended forecast. Okay, here we go. All right, like I said, hot, 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 no rain in the forecast, no overcast in the forecast, just straight up sun beaming down on every single one of us. That's Monday through Friday. Uh, Monday high is going to be 102, low is 76. Tuesday is a high of 103, low 78. Can you believe this? Wednesday high 100, low 78. Thursday high is 99, low 77. Friday is a high of 96, low 76. I don't know about y'all, but that just sounds like we just all been sentenced to hell. That is so hot. Oh my goodness. Anyway, box office, box office, ten uh, top movies. And I'm going fast because we got a, a very serious topic tonight, and it's going to cover every bit of an hour, maybe 15 minutes. And I'm telling you, once I start playing these clips and commenting on them, y'all not going to want to stop. This is one of those topics you're going to listen to this show over and over and over in the future. So I'm warning you ahead of time. All right, coming in at number 10 over the weekend, box office movies. Uh, uh, let's see here. At the box office, we have... Uh, the movie Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, that over the weekend grossed $3.8 million. Now, that was its debut, so uh, the gross, the, so that's what it is up to date. Uh, from uh, gross to date is what they call it. Men in Black. Men in Black comes in at number nine. The weekend uh, gross was $5.6 and to date that movie has grossed one six three. 163 million that is Marvel the Avengers um, 7 million dollars that movie gross can you believe up to date though to date that movie has grossed 598 million dollars can you believe that that's crazy that's half a billion dollars number 7 that's my boy weekend over the weekend it grossed 7.9 to date it's grossed 28 million hmm number 6 Snow White and the Huntsman Gross eight million uh, to date, one thirty seven. Number five, 
moving right up the list. Number five weekend gross was eight million for Rock of Ages. To date, twenty-eight point seven million. Okay, and then uh, let's see here. Number four, uh, Prometheus. Over the weekend, it grows ten million. To date, a hundred and eight million. Some of y'all are interested in these numbers. I know others of you are not, but it's very interesting. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Over the weekend, sixteen point five million. It debuted. Uh, that was it, it debuted. So up to date, it's the same amount. Um, Madagascar three, Europe's most wanted weekend gross was twenty million. Up uh, to date, it has been to date it has been one hundred fifty seven million. And a top movie over the weekend uh, debuted over the weekend was Brave. Came in at uh, sixty six point seven million. Can you believe that? Hmm. Make you want to go, hmm. So that might be a good movie to see. I don't know. You can't always go by what these, uh, how well they do over it. Uh, just have to go see the movie. You have to just kind of look at the little synopsis of the movie and just make a decision. So anyway, I want to go ahead and uh, change, turn our attentions now to, uh, and Robbie, you know, uh, every week, she calls in with an inspirational moment. Last week, of course, we didn't have a show because of the barbecue. But I do see her on the line. I don't want to uh, hold her any further. Uh, Amy Robbie, are you there? Eric Code 817625? Yes, uh-huh. Um, I guess you got the message about last week, right, that we didn't have a show? No, I didn't. Did I didn't call know, I didn't know. I didn't know that, that that's what the problem was. Oh, okay, yeah, we didn't have a show last week because of the barbecue. I figured with the game going on, people weren't going to get home to 10, you know, or something. So I, I thought uh, you might have gotten a message because I sent it out to everybody, you know. So anyway, it's good to have you on tonight, and um looking forward to what you're going to share tonight with the family. I do, again, appreciate you doing this every single week. And, and uh, everybody just remember, I don't want you all to think it's just Seth and Ain't Robbie's show. Anybody can call in with the inspirational moment, a word for the family. Some you might, the most high must may have placed in your heart to share. Do it, okay? But anyway, to go ahead and uh, you got the platform or this or the the mic. Oh, I I, I won't be but a second, uh, but I just wanted to compliment the family for uh, uh, the, for the fellowship that I saw last week. I didn't stay long. But I did go down there, you know, and uh, you know, wasn't wasn't too many old people <laughs> down there. And me and Neil and a couple of more, so so that the young people would feel comfortable. That's one of the things. I just uh, stayed a little while and then I left. But it was about five of us had birthdays in June because my birthday was last Thursday, and then and so and breakfast. Birthday was was on the seventeenth, which was Sunday, and then there was about four or five others. Birthday was also in the month of June, and uh, so uh, it was just real nice. And that was well, happy happy birthday to who you say, Breck and who? And me for one, and Cynthia, Cynthia Shaw, and Montrese's daughter. Uh, I don't know which Which one one it was. I think it was I think it was lovely. Uh, one of her daughters I know, but it was about and then and then I have uh, 
I had two other grandchildren. Uh, Mia and Matthew's birthday was also in June, you know. So really, it's a bunch of us in June. Wow. And, it, and, and everything was real nice. The food was nice, like I say, and it appeared that the fellowship was nice. I mean, everybody seemed to be getting along. Uh, you know, and, and there didn't be no 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 uh, animosity in it. You know, just not we weren't looking for it. But I'm just saying, usually when you get a bunch of folk together, sometimes that is controversy. But everything yeah. seemed, seemed to be going just well, smooth. And uh, and that fought me, and I was blessed to to experience, you know, have that experience. And so you know, there is an expression: "Together we stand, divided we fall." Amen. And, uh, and so that was a good thing to see us standing together in that like manner, and hoping that uh, we, you know, whenever there's anything else, you know, we could stand together. And oh, by the way. Next Sunday morning, I don't know if if everybody have their own churches to go to, but I'll be preaching at Wesley Wesley Chapel uh, at eleven that morning, and then starting that Wednesday night, I mean, which I think is the fourth, we will be going into a little mini revival Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I would just love to see. My family there, you know, kind of supporting it. And it, this is a thing that is uh, where uh, we feel like there, ne- there needs to be a meeting, a revival meeting, where we can refresh ourselves. And, it, you know, when it's hot like this, you know, believe it or not, when when it's real hot like this, people's personalities change. Even animals change. And nobody wants to be really be bothered when it's hot. So, you know, I'm just hoping that everything go well. So I'm asking you all to keep me lifted up in prayer. And if it's possible, I'd like to see you next Sunday morning at 11. Okay. You know. Okay. So and next uh, Sunday, you say it's at it's at 11. And then uh-huh. what is it on? What is it on on uh, on Wednesday? Uh, oh, that's when the revival started. It'll probably be about seven thirty. That's start on the fourth. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, and that's the fourth through the sixth. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, the family. Hopefully, they hear that. And the good news about all of this, the good thing about this show is it's recorded. So those that don't are not listening right now, we're here later on. So that is good to to hear. That you hear. And, and, and the revival going to be on what's the topic? Do you know what the topic topic is? I'm not sure, but you know what I think a good topic would be. I believe I'll testify. And do you oh. know that's all? That's all. Is, that's what it's all about, Seth. Oh, that's, yeah. all pre- that's all preaching is about. That's all the Bible is about. What'd you know, you I tell people all the, all the time the Bible is about people that had a relationship with the Most High. That's right. You know, people, that's, and they the people that done the great the, the people that done the greatest things in the Bible didn't even have the Bible. Like in the Old Testament, they didn't have a New Testament. Uh-huh. Moses didn't have a New Testament. Moses didn't even have all those books of the Bible because they were no. writing them. 
So it's all about walking with the Most High, even more so than than reading the Bible. Yes, you should read the Bible uh-huh, to, uh-huh, to yes, hear people but, to hear people testify, but it's, it's higher life is walking with the Most High Himself. That's right. That's right. That's your walk. And you know, Eric told me I talked to him. You know, he's in the Netherlands. He told me to tell the boys and to walk in the light. That was his message to the family, the boys. He said, tell the boys. But what I mean, you know, men should be the head. I mean, they should lead out. And he told them to walk in the dark, in the light. And then he went on to tell me, he said, Mama, too many people walking in darkness. It's, you know, they say they're, they're in the light. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those well, you, if you, if if you've you had an enc- huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. If you've had an encounter with God, you don't have no business walking in the dark. Because He is the light of the world. You know? Well, that is going to be, uh, I'm not, I don't want to give it away, but the subject tonight, we have a table topic or a discussion tonight. Hopefully, it's a family discussion, which means go back and forth. But I'm going to play some audio clips, and it's going to be somewhere around that subject. I'm not going to give out the subject yet. I don't want to spill the beans. I want everybody to just hang hang around and see what we're going to be talking about. But uh, it's very, very much close to what Eric just said, you know, with regards to darkness. So hopefully if you, I know you keep early hours, but if you can listen at least to the beginning of the show and determine if you want to hear it or not. But yeah. if you got to go, I understand. I understand maybe Jerry can uh, I have give you the audio. Here. No, I have oh, somebody okay. here right now, but I, but I, but I probably if they leave in a few in a little bit, I'll check, I'll click back in. Yeah, okay. I got somebody okay. here right now. Well, hey, Robert, we got that Sunday, uh, eleven o'clock. Uh, you're gonna be ministering, and then you said Wednesday through Friday, seven thirty. Uh-huh. Sort of revival. So, and I got a got young that. listen. I got a young woman that got a testimony. She used to be a heroin addict. And, and 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 this is what I want. I want people that got testimonies. You know, I mean, you know, some people don't realize that's where the healing is. Uh, uh, you see, you can't you can't hide stuff and expect to get well. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, we overcome with the words of our testimony. Hallelujah. The scriptures say we overcome with the blood of Jesus and the words of our testimony. Amen. Now, Amen. I'm, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna talk to this person in in, in a little bit. I'm gonna click back in in a few minutes. All right, because the table topic. I'm, I'm I'm hoping we can keep it within an hour, but I got several clips I want to play. I don't want to do the do the show. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. I don't want folks to think I'm trying to preach at them. So I'm gonna let the audio clips of other people share on this subject. So it'll be very interesting. Okay. So okay. anyway, if you get a chance to call back, call us back. Okay. All, All right. right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, and that was Amy Robbie. Just letting everybody know uh, that she is going to be uh, uh, preaching this this weekend. And uh, so we, although we didn't get an inspirational message she normally give, uh, trust me, uh, what we got coming up is going to be inspirational enough. It's going to be over an hour. So I don't want to really hold this up too much longer. I'm trying to think, oh, let's do the one thing about the health. I always got to make sure I do this. I want to do this every single weekend, every single weekend. I just share the health tips. There's things we need to know about our health care, dealing with doctors. So just hold on. Let's take about two minutes. We'll be right back. 
your health information your rights. Whether your health information is stored on paper or electronically, you have the right to keep it private. Those rights are protected under a law known as HIPAA, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. HIPAA gives you important rights. First off, you have the right to see or get a copy of your medical records. Sometimes you might not be able to see certain parts of the full record, but you always have the right to ask. If you find a mistake in your record, you have the right to request to have it corrected. If you disagree with your doctor or health plan about certain information in your record, you have a right to submit a written statement of disagreement that will be kept with your record. You also have the right to know how your health information is used and shared. Now, your provider is allowed to share your information for certain reasons without asking you first, like when your doctors work together to determine how to best treat you when you're sick, or to report the flu when it's in your area. But in general, your providers can't give information to an employer, for example, without your permission. And if you'd like to know who has seen your health information, you have the right to get a report. That's called an accounting of disclosures. HIPAA gives you the right to say how you want to be contacted. For example, you can tell your provider what phone number they should call to contact you and whether they can leave a message. HIPAA also gives you the right to request that your information not be shared with certain people or organizations. All these rights are spelled out in the Notice of Privacy Practices, which is usually given to you or posted at your doctor's office or hospital. Be sure to read this notice carefully. It lets you know exactly how your information will be used and shared and how your rights are being protected. And lastly, if you think any of these rights have been violated, you have the right to file a complaint. We're serious about working with you to protect your health information. Know your rights. To get started, just visit the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights at hhs.gov OCR. Okay, folks, hopefully y'all got that. I'll try to play it every single week because there's so much vital information there. Listen, just moving right along, i got this comedian I'm going to bring on just to kind of loosen up everything with a little laughter, and then after that we'll get into the main table topic, okay? So um, here we go. This is uh, Miss Cotton. That's what she go by, Miss Cotton. So this is part one. It's actually a part two, but I don't know when I would actually be able to play part two. We'll just see how the show goes. Uh, but anyway, part one. Miss Cotton, here she is.
when she get behind closed doors, that means she really be hitting like this behind closed doors. And if my knees wasn't bad, I'd get down and scrub the ground. When she hit the floor, she'd be the ground. Yeah, that ain't for new Christians. They don't need to play that at no church function because it confuses people. I'm telling you, everybody ain't ready. Everybody ain't able. How y'all doing? I'm Miss Cotton. Hey. Yeah, uh, he's correct. I've uh, won second place in the funniest comic in Texas at the Improv out of 350 comedians, and I almost won. Let me tell you something. When you almost win, you get gigs like this. <laughs> Somebody's big mama house with the wood paneling on the wall. This is a transistor radio. I walked up to the screen though, but it wasn't a screen. I thought it was like a little picture frame thing. I posed inside the frame because I ain't, I ain't know. I'm like, ooh, this is cozy. And then he said, we find somewhere to sit. He said be right here on the stage. I said, so when you introduce me, what, I'm just going to stand up? <laughs> I already, but you know what, this is real talk. I have done comedy in big auditoriums, big places and all this, but it ain't nothing like just doing some down home comedy. This reminds me when I was little, my mom used to wake me up in my pajamas and make me come do something in the living room for everybody. I'd be half asleep. Do my that. Do my that. Thank <laughs> you. 
know, say everything about your mama that you love. So I got up there with my little uh, East dress on with cowboy boots. And I said, I got a big fat mama. She will go when she walk. She ain't got no front teeth. She slobber when she talk. But she still my mama.
Worcestershire sauce. Y'all know Worcestershire sauce here, stuff you put on your steak, Worcestershire sauce. My son said it was invented by a man in Louisiana, and he could dip his hand in any sauce and name it without looking at it. One day he dipped this thing in a bowl of brown sauce and said, what's this your sauce? <laughs> <laughs> that Negro got two L's.
first clip I'm going to play is actually going to talk about a book that's gone, that's already been released that's dealing with all aspects of spiritual warfare. I, I can't find nothing better, uh, didn't find anything better than as far as solutions uh, than this book, something that you can have in your hand. Now, we're going to bring on some people, some other audio clips uh, that will talk about the solution and in the Word and, and where to go in the Word. But sometime after all these people are done, you need something in your hand to remind you of those scriptures because, folks, this is real. Spiritual warfare is so real. We are in a battle for our mind. The enemy wants to take our mind. He wants us insane. He don't mind us living as long as we're living in the dead spirit. As long as he can kill us while we're standing on our feet, he don't have to put us in the grave. And so many of us are almost at that level. So, And there's all types of spiritual warfare going on, familiar spirits, folks, all type of things attacking people. They don't know why. And, yes, it's thought in the mind, but it, 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 it trickles down to our behavior and uh, all types of stuff happening in this family and in other families that is straight-up demonic. There's religious spirits. Folks think they're in God, but they they are in God, but they're operating by religious spirits. There are people that ain't in God at all that's just plain old ignorance and being used by the enemy. There's all kind of folks can be used by the enemy, no matter how long you've been in church, how long you've been reading your Bible, even if you are operating the gifts of the Spirit, you still can be used by the enemy. And this is a hardcore uh, crash course on just that. So I'm telling y'all, you've got to listen uh, to this. This is this is a must-hear um, presentation tonight on spiritual warfare, the reality of demons, reality of angels, reality of Holy Spirit speaking to us, and how in your everyday life, you, family member, you, friend, listening right now, you are being involved every single moment of the day in spiritual warfare and probably have a don't have a clue of it. Here's to get things started. This is um, just to um, start off and uh, uh, we'll have a couple, uh, well, several more clips after this, totaling about an hour. And we'll stop each clip afterwards. This is about three minutes. We'll stop and comment and play another one and comment. I don't want to do the show. I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to teach y'all or teach any type of family member. Or I don't want nothing to start negative. This is a stranger. Don't We don't know who these people are. They're just people talking about their experiences with spiritual warfare. Very interesting uh, clips here. Check this out. Are you feeling afraid, lonely, depressed? Are you ready for a change? Do you ever have panic attacks of gripping fear that terrifies you? Are you ready for a change? Have you ever heard of spiritual warfare? Spiritual attacks are very real and more active than you may know. The Bible says that we have an adversary. He is a liar. He is a great deceiver. He is an accuser. He is the devil. Satan is our enemy. The goal of the destroyer is to steal, kill, and destroy. How does he try to do these things in your life? Through sickness, pain, depression, poverty, helplessness, loneliness, shame, guilt, condemnation, hopelessness, defeat, and fear. Those are just some of the ways that Satan, our destroyer, tries to get to us. But there is hope. You can be set free from bondage of fear, depression, sickness, all those things. No more chains. How? You need to know the truth. The truth will set you free. Learn how to fight back and win with truth. 
with power and with authority. Learn how to start living in victory today. Your life will change. Your outlook will change. Everything will change for the positive in your life. You will discover success, happiness, prosperity, peace, and most of all, a sense of purpose. Are you ready for change? Are you ready for health and happiness? Spiritual Warfare Bible Study will change your life. This life-changing Spiritual Warfare Bible Study book will change your life. You must get a copy of the most popular life-changing Bible study on the topic of spiritual warfare. This book has been used by individuals, groups, and churches all over the world. It has sold over thousands of copies and is being used daily. We are offering a very special ebook price, which means you can download this instantly for only $10. It includes four in-depth lessons that will teach you all you need to know about spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks. If you purchase this special price ebook of $10, you will also be registered for the upcoming online classes. Go to spiritualwarfarebook.com. Spiritualwarfarebook.com. Okay, folks, I told you it would be um, a book that will be advertised. you got to get that book. It's only $10. You can't beat that. I figured, hey, what a powerful piece of information for just 10 bucks. So check that out. That's for those of you after the show, you're going to say, where can I find information? Remember, rewind it up and listen to what she was just saying. That So we'll give you the solution first. But spiritual warfare, is it real? Is demons real? Is angels real? Is the Holy Spirit real? All this stuff is just a bunch of emotional folk in church. You know, some of y'all young people, and, and, and this is not just the young people, by the way. I don't want to, I know some of y'all say, oh, man, I already know about that. Trust me. Trust me, folks, what you're about to hear, i got another clip by uh, a, a, a brother, uh, a black young man, uh, very powerful. Uh, he addresses this subject, and then we're going to bring on the main t- uh, teaching aspect by Pastor um, Ed Youngst, okay? And so we're trying to mix it up ethnically. We've got different people speaking because I don't want y'all to think I just want to listen to black folks. So Pastor Ed is a powerful speaker. He happens to be white. And uh, I want y'all to really listen to this man. Uh, it's, it's three parts to him, and then the brother's only speaking in one part. These, these clips are kind of short. So I want y'all to really listen to this. Get friends to listen. I'm telling you, if you, if you think you know spiritual warfare, you probably do, but most of you I guarantee you what you're about to get coming your way, some of this you have never heard. Powerful stuff about things that's going on around us every single day, behaviors that we have, thoughts that we have, and we have no idea that we're listening to an angelic voice leading us out of danger or we're listening to the Holy Spirit educating us about who the Father is or, sadly, we're listening to an evil spirit leading us into some type of corruption. These spirits have an agenda. 
the angels speaking to us have an agenda. The Bible says they are sent here to be ministers to uh, ministers to us, those of us that are heirs of salvation. The angels are sent to protect us, but the evil one has evil spirits. These are both angels, one fallen, one not fallen. Angels, again, to protect God's people, and you hear voices say, turn here, turn there. People think it's the Holy Spirit. They always say the Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit, there. Well, that's not true. Holy Spirit is not in the business of, uh, of warning us about the enemy around the corner or some danger. That's angel's job. The Holy Spirit is to reveal who the Father is and lead us and guide us into all truth. It's two different functions, folks. Evil spirits, on the other hand, is trying to get us to pick up these habits to destroy us, our mind, our body, our soul, our spirit, our family. This is deep. This is deep. Here's what we're going to talk about spiritual warfare on the job, and then we're going to get to the main teaching with Pastor Youngst. This is not uh, Ed Young. Uh, this is Ed Youngst. Okay, it's the difference. We'll be right back. I mean, I'm sorry. We'll be. <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and play this brother now. Okay. Hi, my name is Lane Van, and welcome to Straight Skitty. Today, this morning, I really want to encourage you before I go to work. The Bible says. That whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose in heaven shall be loosed on earth. This is one of the most foundational principles that the Lord has shown me when it comes to going to the work. If you like me that work and you work in a heathen place, you know, you, you don't work for, for a church or you don't work for maybe a Christian organization. But every day you go out and actually go out into the workforce and you're surrounded with unbelievers and you surround with people with unclean spirits, and you say, well, how do I maintain my Christian walk in an atmosphere? You know, I know somebody who just moved to my, my, my hometown, and he was having such a trouble. He works for a hospital, and he was having such a hard time at work because of the different spirits and the attitudes of people. And I shared this scripture with him. And he knew it, but he never related to a work context. And so I'm just going to say to you, the Bible said whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven and whatever you loose in heaven is loose on earth and so before I go to work and I'm telling you, I do this like 99% of the time that as I go to work I pray and I bind every evil spirit that may be at my workplace I engage in spiritual work uh, warfare over that place of business and over that place of work I consciously think about my workplace I think about the men that work there. I think about the women that work there. You know, even those Christians that, that go to church, but yet, you know, still an evil spirit operates in the life. You can see it in the eyes. You can hear it in the tone of the voice. You know, sickness and disease, um, uh, infidelity, divorce, cursing, swearing, uh, complaining. And I know that the job that God has given me, um, He gave it to me. And so I know that I have... A, a limited amount of authority there. However, I take up all the authority he has given me. Remember he told Abraham, Abraham, walk the, the length and the breadth of the land, and whatever you put your foot to, I shall give it to you. So God has given me the place that I work at. And I'm saying God has given you the place where you work at. So in the morning time, just don't believe in luck. Just don't believe that this day is going to go your way. Know that God has given you a measure of rule. God has given you a measure of authority. 
So begin to take that and exercise that authority at the workplace. Begin to speak those things that God wants you to speak and begin to penetrate the atmosphere over your workplace and begin to decree the very things of God. Just don't go in there blinded or, 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 or without no strategy. We were born in a hostile environment. We are the children of God. God is with us. Now, Jesus did everything he was going to do on the cross. That's why I say it is finished. Now, he has given us the authority to bind evil spirits. He has given us the authority to take those things that cause havoc and, and, and mishaps at work and to bind it in the name of Jesus. I'm encouraging you today. Don't forget, one of the main fronts, one of your main mission fields is at work. So as you go forth in the workplace, as you go forth to do the things of God, as you go forth, as, as you are a plumber, as you are a, a carpenter, if, if you're a teacher, if you're an administrator, if you're the financial expert there, or are you loading the docks, wherever you are, if the sons of God and the women of God will rise up and begin to take your place, now listen now, not here on earth, but take your place in the heaven and begin to bind the evil spirits I guarantee you that your work and your habitation where you dwell in to make money will change. Find no evil spirit. They under your feet. Believing this, beloved, God has given you that place. Now, as the Son of God, rise up, begin to speak, bind those evil spirits. Uh, in, in Psalms, talking about binding the kings with chains of iron. Bind those principalities. Bind those that those powers and the rulers of dark places, tell them that they got no business operating, that they can't harm you. Don't let them run, run you off your job, but you run those evil spirits off your job. Don't let them get to you, but you say, look, God has placed me here. You, I'm under near authority, and in the name of Jesus, I command you to come down. I bind you in the name of Jesus. This place to be a habitation of God's spirit. And you take what it has been promised to you, the land of promise. My name is Blaine Van, and welcome to the Straight Skin. Okay, folks, and it don't light up. It don't let up. We have clips just like coming at you. Uh, the next is going to be Pastor Ed Youngst. Ed, Ed Young, she spelled his last name Y-O-U-N-G-T Again, I don't want to teach this I don't want y'all to think I'm trying to teach the family some No, I'm not I am letting other people, strangers to the family Share on spiritual warfare This family, as well as other family Are engaged 100% of the time 24 hours a day, 7 days a week With spiritual warfare There is either angels speaking to you Saying, go here, go there To avoid, to get you out of trouble or there is either uh, 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 the Holy Spirit uh, whispering to you your spirit and in, in, enlightening you as to what the Father will is for your life. There's two different functions. People think uh, these voices that you hear that, that, that you obeyed and you was protected from this, that, and the other, they attribute that to the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's angels. They're spirits. They don't have a body. They're spirits that see danger, and they can alert you, try to cause distractions to get you to go this way, that way, to protect you. That is the job of them. The Bible says they have sent here to be ministers for those who be heirs of salvation. 
Again, the Bible says angels are sent for those that will be heirs of salvation. Okay? That's the job of angels. They were to wait on us. Kind of like they did with Christ when he was tempted. They came immediately to restore him. All right? Now, that's not the same as the Holy Spirit's uh, whose job is to reveal who the Father is. Hebrews 11, excuse me, Hebrews 1 and 14, 1 and 14, just so I'm not just in the prayer rattling off and y'all won't think I'm making this stuff up. Hebrews 1 and 14, if you have your Bibles, turn quickly because I've got to I gotta bring on this other gentleman with some serious uh, information on spiritual warfare. Again, folks, this has everything to do with you, your family, your boyfriend, your bills, your husband, your your sons, your daughters. This has everything. Never say, oh, this will have nothing to do with me. Of course it does. Of course it does. So, again, if everybody would just turn in your Bibles briefly to Hebrews 1 and 14. Hebrews 1 and 14, you'll see why one of the verses that talks about why angels were sent, why angels were sent, okay? It says, are they not all ministering spirits? Speaking of angels, but that's part of verse 13. It says, but, that, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool? So now we know we're talking about angels. Verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Who is to be heirs of salvation? Mankind. These spirits are sent here. All throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, angels were sent to protect, protect, protect. They don't get into teaching uh, who the Father is and the revelations to come. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Well, on the flip side, evil spirits are sent to, to kill, steal, and destroy with lies. Lies. That's complete wrong information. Lies. You'd be surprised how much damage a lie can do to your life. Or deception. That means half truth, half lie. Sometimes the enemy don't use all all lie. He just uses half truth, half lie. That can mess you up just as much as a, a, a total lie would. The third the, a tactic of the enemy is to use ignorance. No information at all. Y'all know about the infamous scripture that says, "My people perish for a lack of knowledge." So I'm not going to preach this thing because I'm family. And I don't want y'all to think I have an ulterior motive because I know sometimes the enemy will come and whisper that in your ear. So we're going to let uh, Pastor Ed Youngs, and we're going to switch it up. We don't just listen to black people. This is a white minister who's just as powerful and anointed and uses the most high on this subject than anybody. It's one reason why I picked him. He has something to say on spiritual welfare. Y'all listen to this. I'm telling you, this has everything to do with your family, everything to do with your 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 life. Again, we're in a spiritual warfare. And I know some of y'all, this may be new to you, and you think, oh, this is just a bunch of emotional folks. No, this gentleman I'm bringing on, just like the previous clips, these people are talking about real live events that's happening with them every day, their thoughts, different things, crazy thoughts you get and you don't know where it comes from. Strong, or some of y'all are bound by stuff and you can't get away from it, you can't shake it. You know, if something has got you like that, that can't be the most high because he always gives you a choice. But when something grabs you and takes you and controls you the way you don't have a choice, you are under the control of an evil spirit, either de- either demonic possession or demonic uh, oppression. But we'll let Pastor Ed Youngs talk about this. That's Y-U-N-G-T. And those of you that's just tuning in, uh, if you don't, if you want more information on this, uh, of course, I think Pastor uh, Youngs 
uh, we'll talk about some sources, but the first clip I played, the, the young lady was talking about a book on spiritual warfare. Y'all rewind that and check that out. Here's Pastor Ed Young. Spiritual warfare, folks. I want you to suppose for a moment that you had about 50 acres of land, and a man came to you and said to you that he needed a place to live. And out of the goodness of your heart, you gave him one acre of land right in the middle of that 50 acres. And after a few weeks, this guy started playing loud music all night long, keeping you up. And then you would drive by his house and you would notice that he had dumped trash in the yard and things were not looking so good. And then he started to dump trash on your property and before you know it, your 50 acres looked like a garbage dump. And suppose that you went to this man and you said, now, you've got to stop this. This is not going to work. Out of the goodness of my heart, I gave you this land, and now you've turned it into a garbage dump. And he would say to you, there's not anything you can do. You gave me the deed to this acre of land right in the middle of your 50 acres. It is mine. You can't get it back. You can't take it back. What would you do? Well, there's not a lot I suppose you could do, but spiritually speaking, that's what's happened to uh, many believers today. We have been saved by the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our sins have been washed away. And then, after we're saved, the devil comes along and he knows that he can't have our souls, so what does he do? He tries to develop a stronghold in our life that will keep us from experiencing joy, the abundant life that Jesus talks about. And what do we do? If we're not very careful, we give place to the devil. The Bible talks about giving no place to the devil. We're not careful, we give place to him. And there's a sin that works its way in our life. And we try not to do it, but we find that it's taken us. It's a sin that easily besets us. And over and over and over, we're bothered by it. We commit it. It frustrates us. It upsets us. It steals our joy. It makes us depressed. And we truly want to be rid of it, but we just can't get rid of it. That's a stronghold. That's what the Bible talks about as a stronghold in the life of a Christian. And God wants us to understand how to break Satan's strongholds in our life because these strongholds keep us from being what God intends us to be. Now, this morning, we're going to work our way through some verses of Scripture. But I want you to, to really pray right now in your heart as I pray in just a moment. And ask the Spirit of God to keep us from being distracted in here this morning. Because I can tell you that the devil does not want us to look at what we're looking at today in the Word of God. Some people are going to hear this and you're going to be set free of strongholds that have bothered you and plagued you for many years of your Christian life. And the devil doesn't want that, so he'll try to distract. So would you bow your head with me and as I pray out loud, would you pray in your heart and just ask the Spirit of God to help us focus today on the Word of God and what God wants to teach us. Father, we thank you that we have the privilege to open your Word and to know that we hear truth because you are truth. And we ask you today especially to keep Satan from distracting our minds 
and our thoughts. Because what you have for us today is so important. And Lord, across this room, there may be believers who have struggled with these strongholds for a long time. And today they can be set free. So please speak to our hearts and keep us tuned in to your word. Help us to hear not only with our our mind, let it be not only knowledge for our mind, but application for our heart and our life. Lord, I thank you for these folks. I love them, and you love them, and I pray you bless them. Teach us together today from your word. In the name of Jesus and God's people said, I want you to stand with me and open the word of God to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to look at just a few verses here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now look back up there at verse 4. It speaks of pulling down strongholds. That's what we're looking at today, how to break Satan's strongholds in the life of a Christian. Would you please be seated? Just keep your Bible open before you. Now when we look at this word strongholds, let's understand what God teaches in his word that this word means, the meaning of strongholds. That word actually is translated from a Greek word that means fortress. So the meaning of strongholds is fortress. It is something, some part or something in our life that Satan has surrounded us with, that Satan has built a wall in our heart, that he has a a grip on us, something that we have tried to get ourselves rid of, but we're unable to do it, something that seems to hold us in its grip or its power. Now listen, strongholds can't be reasoned away. It won't work. Strongholds will not go away over time. They just get worse. Strongholds must be broken down. They have to be torn down. They have to be demolished. They are like a fortress. That's what the word means. A fortress where the devil has come in and set up something in the heart of the child of God where the child of God has given him room to do that. And the only way they can can be destroyed is through the power of God. And we're going to learn how to do that this morning. Now, strongholds begin in the mind. That's where they always begin. Strongholds always begin in the mind. God created us and he created us with a very powerful mind. The human mind is extremely powerful. In fact, somebody said if uh, you could build a computer that uh, could do everything the human mind could do today, that that computer would have to be the size of the Empire State Building and would be one city wide, city block wide and one city block deep. Now, before we come to Christ, we have a carnal mind. We have a carnal nature, a worldly nature that is opposed to God. In fact, the Bible says we are at enmity with God. We're enemies of God. We have a a carnal nature. We're born with that. And when we receive Christ into our life, we're given a spiritual nature. 
a new nature. We become new creatures in Christ. Now that old carnal nature does not go away. It's still there. It's there. And so now we have the carnal nature and we've, we've got the spiritual nature. But Satan understands when Christ frees us, when Christ saves us, that Satan can never get our soul. But Satan will try every way that he can to rob us of our joy, to keep us from living the way that God intends for us to live, to heap guilt on us, to keep us depressed and joyless and frustrated. And it all begins in the mind. And he never gives up. The devil wants to attack our mind. He's trying to do like that man who has that acre of land in the middle of the 50 acres. He's trying to make a garbage dump out of our life. And it begins in our mind. And he's got all the arsenals of hell at his disposal. And one of the ways that he tries to do that is to bring, build a stronghold right here. That's why if you look at verse 5, it talks about taking every thought captive. It begins in the mind, in our thinking. Now it begins with a wrong thought. And I'll talk a little bit about that more in a moment. But strongholds begin in the mind and then they become sinful behavior. A stronghold becomes a sinful behavior. As long as we allow the thoughts to continue and, and we move on into sin, and I'll show you how that works in a moment, but when we do that, each time that we do that, it gets harder and harder and harder to overcome. And so we commit a sin and we, we uh, commit it again and we commit it again and then we feel guilty and convicted and we confess it, and, but the next day we're right back at it again. And it makes us ashamed and guilty. Jot down Romans chapter 7. We don't have time to read the whole passage, but you can look at it later. Romans chapter 7, verses 7 through 19. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote because he, he struggled with this same thing. I mean, everybody does. And he struggled with this in his own mind, in his heart. He said, For the good that I want to do, I do not do, but the evil I do not want to do, that I practice. He's talking about dealing with this sin thing in his life and, and the devil establishing these strongholds in his mind. So get this fixed in your mind. The meaning of strongholds is that the devil builds a fortress in a place in our life that we give over to him that should be filled with the Spirit of God. And we'll look at how that happens. But we see not only the meaning, let's, let's move into the method of strongholds. And let's take a look at how these strongholds are developed in the life of the Christian. It begins with permission. Every stronghold begins with permission. The only way that the devil can develop a stronghold in your life and my life is for us to give him permission. He can't do it unless we let him in. The devil has no legal authority to the mind of the children of Jesus Christ. We have to give him permission to get in. So Satan will try to plant a thought in our mind. And when he does that, we have to immediately take authority over him because we've been granted that authority through Jesus Christ. Now here's how it works. The devil is constantly bombarding our minds with thoughts. If you don't believe this, let's take a survey. Have you ever had a thought that you shouldn't have had? If you have, raise your hand. I mean, that's all of us. We've all had thoughts we shouldn't have had. 
Have you, and I'm not asking you to raise your hand now, but I know the answer to this because we're all human beings. Have you ever had a thought that was so vile or so wicked that you just wondered, where in the world did that come from? Why did I think something like that in my mind? That's the devil. And he's constantly bombarding our minds with his thoughts. So what do we do? We can't give him permission to get in. So the minute we think a thought that, that we know is coming from the devil, a thought we shouldn't think, we need, I mean that very split second, we need to say, no, I'm not going to think that. God, help me not to think that. We just need to be sensitive to what we think, and the very moment that that thought enters our mind, we need to stop right there and say, no, I'm not going to entertain that thought, and God, please help me with my thought life. So for the devil to establish a stronghold, we, we give him permission. And that leads to progression. If we think about those thoughts, if we allow Satan to, to infiltrate our mind with his, his thinking and his wickedness, there is a progression. Jot down Ephesians 4. Let me read something to you from the Word. It says, Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, but you have not so learned in Christ, put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So here's the progression. It begins with a thought. The devil fires a fiery dart, a thought, into your mind. That's where it begins. That's why you've had these thoughts that you should not have. Now, if you entertain that thought, it leads to a choice every time. It begins with a thought, and if you do not stop and deal with that thought, if the thought is entertained every time, it will lead to a choice. That's what it means in our text when the Bible teaches us to take every thought captive. That's what God's talking about. If we begin to dwell on that thought and we don't take it captive, it's going to, to lead to a choice. Now, if the choice is pursued, it's going to lead to a behavior. It begins with a thought. If the thought is entertained, it leads to a choice. If the choice is pursued, it leads to a behavior that is contrary to God's will for our life. So here's how it works. The devil fires a thought into your mind. If you entertain it, it leads you to a choice. There's a war going on in your mind. I told y'all it was going to be good. I told y'all it was going to be good. Y'all thought I was just kidding. We got one more. We got two more clips. One of them is 14 minutes. The other one is six minutes. That's it. So take notes. Take notes. Take notes. Write these scriptures down. This is serious business, y'all. And I this is one of the best teachings I've seen. Um, so, I mean, we can talk about spiritual warfare forever. Um, so I don't want to hold any more time. I want to get right into part two. Check this out. What will you choose to do? Now, listen, at this point, if you choose to entertain the thought that Satan puts in your mind, you've already lost. You're no match for the devil. You have, have already lost, and you will inevitably fail. You will pursue the choice, and it will lead to a behavior because the devil knows that what we believe affects the way we behave. Now, learn this. If the behavior is continued, it becomes a stronghold. 
If the behavior is continued, it becomes a stronghold. So it begins with a thought. If you entertain the thought, it leads to a choice. The choice you make will lead to a behavior. And at that point, if you continue that behavior, Satan will develop a stronghold in your life. If there's some sin in your life and, and it's beset you and you commit it over and over and over again, you know it's wrong and you do it anyway, that's a stronghold. There's a stronghold that is established in your life because you entertain the thought, and when you entertain that thought, it led to a choice, and that choice you made to continue entertaining it led to a behavior that was sinful or wrong, and that led to another one, and another one, and another one, and now there's a stronghold, a fortress in that area of your life that Satan has built. If you're with me, say amen. This is how it works. Now, I want to, to talk to you just for a minute about the menace of strongholds. You see, these strongholds are extremely dangerous. And that stronghold could be a number of things. I, I would imagine that already the Spirit of God has spoken to you about what that might be in your life. It could be pornography. It could be alcohol. It could be cigarettes. It could be food. It could be a, a number of things, but if it has become a stronghold, then it is a menace in your life. It's dangerous. It keeps you from being the kind of believer that God intends for you to be. Now, now learn this. The stronghold in your life not only endangers you, but it endangers your family. It endangers your family. When you have a satanic stronghold in your life, many times the stronghold in the life of a parent and I'm not sure why this is, and I'm, I'm trying to understand it myself as I study this subject, but there are many times that the, the stronghold in the life of a parent will continue on in the life of a child. And I've, I've talked to adults who uh, Satan had constructed a stronghold in their life, and as they talked to me about that, they would go back and tell me, and there's that same stronghold in the life of their dad or their mother. So it's, it's extremely dangerous because these strongholds that Satan establishes in us can be passed on to our children. Now, there are three dangers I want to mention quickly, and then we're going to look at how to overcome these strongholds, how to tear them down. There is first demonic accusation. That's a danger of a stronghold. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. That's how the Bible describes him. The devil loves to be able to come to you and accuse you, and when he has a stronghold in your life and you're committing the same sin over and over and over, he sits back and laughs at you. He tells you you're not worth anything. He makes you feel guilty. You know what he says? If you were saved, you wouldn't act like this. That's what he'll tell you. If you were saved, you wouldn't have a problem with this thing over and over and over again. He is the accuser of the brethren. So there is demonic accusation. That's a danger of developing a stronghold. Demonic captivation is another danger of strongholds. The devil takes captive the mind. That's why God's Word says take every thought captive. The devil uses our mind as a doorway to enter our lives so that he can defeat us of the joy that Jesus wants us to experience. In fact, the devil is a master at taking something that is small and insignificant and magnifying it to a point that this thing, if we're not careful, can totally defeat us. And that is called imagination in Scripture. Let me give you an example. 
Have you ever worried about something to the point that it just made you sick? I mean, you couldn't eat, you couldn't sleep, it just made you sick. And you look back on that five or ten years later, and it was not really as bad as you thought it would be. That's demonic captivation. That's the devil captivating your thought life, making things seem worse than they are, using the imagination God has given, given us, not in a spiritual way, but in a demonic way. Demonic captivation. He fills our minds with doubt, discouragement, fear. It's like taking a little spider and looking at that spider under a microscope, and under that microscope it looks like a giant monster, but it's just a little spider. The devil's good at that. You say, now wait a minute, Pastor. How can that happen to me if I'm a Christian? Understand this. Satan cannot possess a believer, but Satan can oppress a believer. Satan cannot take your soul. Your soul belongs to Jesus, if you know him. You understand? Amen? But Satan, because you know him, because you know Jesus, will do everything in his power to try and rob you of your testimony and your victory in your day-to-day Christian living. He will try to oppress us. And one of the dangers of developing a stronghold is this demonic captivation that goes on in the mind. And then there is demonic demonstration. Demonic demonstration. In Ephesians 4, Paul wrote, Do not give place, or do not give the devil an opportunity. And then he goes on to mention, and I wish we had time today to really take a a good look at them, but there's so many that we don't. But you can jot it down and look later. In Ephesians 4, he goes on to list for us the things that the devil will use to build strongholds in the life of the believer And we see demonic demonstrations of that in Ephesians 4. I want to mention three of them. They're three of the most common, and that's really all that we have time to look at, and we're moving quickly. One is negative thinking. Negative thinking is just demonic captivation. Don't you just hate to be around somebody like that that's negative all the time? I mean, they walk into a room and it just throws a a blanket on the whole situation. You just don't even like to see them coming. Certainly a child of God should not be that way. That's not how God intends for us to live. But some Christian people are captivated by this demonic activity, this stronghold. And in Ephesians 4, it talks about negative thinking being one of those strongholds. And then bitterness. Paul lists bitterness in Ephesians 4 as a stronghold that can take place in the life of a Christian. And if there's bitterness, it's an indication that Satan has developed a stronghold in our life. I heard a story about an old man and woman. She had good eyesight, but she couldn't hardly hear. And he could hear very well, but he couldn't hardly see. So they decided to take a trip, and uh, she would do the driving and he would do the talking. So they were going from Hickory to Gatlinburg, and they stopped in Asheville to fill up with some gas. And when they pulled into the station, the gas attendant came out and said, fill her up. And the old man said, yeah, fill her up. She said, what did he say? The old man said, he said, fill her up. And I said, yes. Well, the the guy filling up the car with gas said, that's a nice car. What kind of car is this? He said, a Chrysler. The old woman said, what did he say? The old man said he wanted to know what kind of car we were driving, and I told him it was a a Chrysler. 
Well, he went about filling up the tank, and finally he said, Are you going very far? And the old man said, No, we're just going up to Gatlinburg. The old woman said, What did he say? The old man said, He wanted to know where we were going, and I told him we were not going very far. We were just going to Gatlinburg. Well, then the guy filling up the tank said, You know, I used to know a woman down there in Hickory. She was the meanest woman I've ever known. The old woman said, What did he say? The old man said, He thinks he knows you. That's bitterness. That's bitterness. But bitterness is a stronghold in the life of the Christian. Here's the third one mentioned in Ephesians 4, and we've got to move. That's gossip. Did you know gossip is a demonic stronghold in the life of a Christian? In fact, it's interesting when you study the Apostle Paul and the churches that he planted and the churches that he served in the New Testament. And this was the early church in its infancy, and almost all of them had Christians in them who uh, had this stronghold of gossip in their life that he had to deal with. And the Bible reminds us that the people who listen to it are just as guilty as the people who engage in it. It can be a, a demonic stronghold in our life. God can't bless us when we're holding on to an evil habit that occurs over and over and over again. It becomes a real stronghold in our life, no matter what it is. It may be one of these three things I've mentioned or some of the other things mentioned in Ephesians 4, but listen carefully now to what Scripture says. The Bible says, If I regard iniquity, that's sin, in my heart, if I regard it, if I keep it there, the Lord will not hear me. So if you wonder why you can't pray or why you pray and pray and pray and it just seems like your prayers bounce off the ceiling, it could be because you have opened your life to a, a, a satanic stronghold. And if that stronghold exists in your life and you've not dealt with it, then God's not going to hear your prayer. If you regard sin in your heart, He says He will not hear you. So strongholds in our life keep God from hearing our prayers. Well, you probably are thinking by now, thanks for all the encouragement, Pastor. Uh, I came in here feeling bad, and now I feel worse. All these things. Well, I want to end on a positive note. Because God does teach us in the Bible how to manage our strongholds. And let's look a minute, a few minutes, about the management of strongholds. What do we do when we recognize there is a stronghold in our life? There are three things that Scripture teaches us. First, repentance. Repentance. The Bible makes it unequivocally clear that the nature of the devil is to lie. In fact, Jesus said he was a liar and the father of lies. On the other hand, Jesus is truth. The Word of God is truth. The Spirit of God is truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? Set you free. So it begins with repentance. What it means is simply this. If this morning the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart as we've looked at the meaning and the method and the menace of strongholds and has identified something in your life that you know now is a stronghold, then the way to overcome it, the way to deal with it, is to get brutally honest with God, come before Him and say, Lord God, 
this is a stronghold in my life. I can't handle it. It's developed over a period of time, and I genuinely, sincerely repent. And you know what that word repent means. We, we hear that all the time. It means to turn away and to turn in a, a different direction, to, to turn away from the stronghold. But you have to have God's help to do that. So, so there is repentance. So we ask ourselves this question. I want you to ask it. Every, every pastor, ask yourself this question. I, I've, I've struggled with this all week in my own life as I prepared this message. Every deacon, ask yourself this question. Every person, ask yourself this question. Is there at this moment in my life any area that is a stronghold? Is there any area in my life that I know that I struggle with that it recurs, it's over and over again, and it is a stronghold in my life, then the place to begin is repentance. Genuine, humble, contrition, repentance toward God. Weeping over sin, really meaning it, not just saying, I'm not going to do it anymore. If you say you won't do it anymore, you'll do it before in the morning. You can't handle it. I can't handle it. God has to handle it. Repentance, genuine humility, repentance before God. That's how you begin to manage your stronghold. Second, resistance. Resistance. Jot down James chapter 4, verse 7. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now that word resist, it's not a passive word. It means to fight for your life to fight with everything you have in you to fight with. It means it is not a passive resistance. It means that you are willing to go to war against the devil and do whatever it takes to overcome the stronghold. Now, Wow. 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 Those of you listening to the chat room, thank you for being there. Hopefully y'all getting some out of it. I shouldn't say thank you because it's benefiting you. Those of you on the phone lines, I see y'all still holding steady and listening. I'm telling y'all some good stuff because we definitely have warfare in our homes and in our minds and in our just in our society, and we just got to know what to do. And I know I got my own little preach on this, but I'm going to let this, this pastor do part three. It's only six minutes, and we'll be done. Check this out. Listen to me carefully. You don't have to argue with the devil. You can't out-argue You don't have to plead with the devil. You don't even have to shout at the devil. Although I'll confess to you, sometimes I do. But you don't have to do that. All you have to do is just bring Jesus to the devil. The devil can't stay around Jesus. Resist the devil and he will walk away from you. Is that what it says? No. He'll flee. That means a flat-out run. That means that when you bring Jesus into the situation, you have repented, genuinely repented, and now you are resisting because the devil's going to fire that thought again. It's coming back after you repent. But when it comes back after repentance, now you're going to resist. Now you're going to say, No, I'm not going to entertain that thought, Satan. Jesus, in your name, by your power, in your blood, I resist. The devil. Just bring Jesus into the situation, and the Bible says he will flee. 
resistance. There is repentance. There is resistance. He won't stick around. But listen, don't try to do that with unconfessed sin in your heart. If you try to resist the devil without repentance, it's going to get worse. If you try to resist the devil with unconfessed sin in your heart, you know what he's going to do? He's going to laugh at you. He's going to mock you. He's going to scoff at that. You have to be clean. And the only way you can get clean is to genuinely repent of the stronghold in your life. And then there comes resistance. And finally, the third step is renewal. Renewal. Listen to Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. Here's what it says. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. It's not enough just to put off the old nature. We're told to put on the new nature. We're told to walk in holiness. It is a choice that we have to make. Now listen. Every day we live, we will either grieve the Spirit of God or please the Spirit of God. The Bible says when you come to Christ, your body is a temple. You are the temple of God. And if we are unwilling to give God the key to every room in the temple, we'll never be able to overcome the strongholds. God doesn't want a key to this room and not that room. God wants a master key to every room, every part of your life. You can't overcome strongholds by holding on to anything. You have to give it all to God. There has to be renewal. There is repentance. There is resistance. There is renewal where you say to God, Okay, Lord, you have every area of my life. Listen, that means your work life. That means your church life. That means your school life. That means your home life. Every area of your life, you have to give God the key. Amen you have to, to give God yourself. You have to live by putting on the new man every day. And if we don't do that, when those thoughts come, and they're coming, then we're not going to be able to resist and destroy those strongholds. I read about a football team that was playing for a state championship. And the coach had him in the locker room before the game. And he said, men, we're playing a larger team today than we are. We're playing a more experienced team today than we are. We're playing a team that has won more games over the years than we have. But we've got one thing that that team doesn't have. We've got heart. Now that's what the Bible's saying. If you want to overcome strongholds, you give your whole heart to Jesus. you understand that? It is my prayer that God will help us as his children to overcome the strongholds in, his, in our lives. Let's bow our heads together. Now, I want to just take a moment and just pray right now and Ask God to search your own heart. Probably, if there's a stronghold in your life, the Spirit of God's already revealed it to you during this message. You know what it is. Now just be brutally honest with God. Just tell Him about it. Just repent. Turn away from it. Ask God to help you. 
Ask God to give you strength to resist. And ask God to renew the new man in you, the, the, the Christian, the spiritual man in you. Father God, you've heard the prayers of your children. And you know our hearts. None of us can hide from you. And you know that all of us have dealt with strongholds in our lives. And all of us have been belittled by Satan over it. But today, Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We ask forgiveness. We ask you to help us to just resist by thinking about the thoughts that come into our mind. And we ask you to renew us in Jesus. And God's people said, we're standing together and we're going to have an invitation and the invitation is simple. Go ahead and stand and just look up here for a moment. If you have not received the Lord Jesus as your Savior and you will invite Him to come into your life, our pastors are here to receive you and we invite you and encourage you to walk the aisle today, make a public confession of your faith. If you would like to be part of this church family, this is the beginning, a public uh, decision. And we invite you to come and make that decision today. And if you need your Christian and you would like to come to the altar and pray or stand and pray there where you are, you just let the Lord speak to your heart and be obedient to Him as we sing. Okay, folks. That was Pastor Ed Young, Y-O-U-N-G-T. There's an Ed Young out there, very popular preacher. This is a regular, everyday minister. I try not to get no big names. Some of y'all don't like some of these people. Regular, everyday guys talking about spiritual warfare in the home, spiritual warfare on the job, spiritual warfare in your mind, strongholds, and I think he did a good job. So that was the surprise topic for the night. And um, what I want to do now is just kind of go over some uh, some scriptures, um, just kind of briefly, because he already did his thing, and I don't want to come behind him like I told y'all earlier. I don't want to be the one to teach this to the family. Um, so it won't be no thinking I'm trying to tell somebody this, that, or the other. But I will say this um, before I get these scriptures out, these I'm going to give you some spiritual warfare scriptures, uh, just a bunch of scriptures I'm going to throw at you. So, y'all, I'm going to go fast, so you got to be ready to write because I'm just going to throw this at you. But some of y'all, this is new to you. And some of y'all who think you knew or think you know, you need to write some of these scriptures down too because uh, I'm sure some of the things he talked about, a lot of uh, us that think we know so much about spiritual warfare don't know. I'm always in a position to learn. I don't have a claim to know it all. Anyway, um, spiritual warfare, I noticed he mentioned a lot of things, mentioned all types of spirits. But one thing people hardly ever talk about when they talk about spiritual warfare, and I'm just adding to what he was saying earlier, is people don't normally talk about when they start talking about uh, demonic possession, oppression, and uh Thoughts and strongholds and soul ties and soulmates, they don't, and familiar spirits, they don't talk about religious spirits. And that, that bothers me, you know. This is the clever of the spirits. Folk quoting scriptures, folks, you know, in the church, going to church every Sunday, 
on the board, pastors, ministers, this is some of the most strongest strongholds in our society is religious people. This demon, you, you, you really have to be led by the spirit to attack because this spirit will quote, quote verses at you. Let me give you an example. Y'all remember when the apostle Paul was preaching? Actually, let me just pull it up. I'm going to get, give you all the scriptures. So if you got your Bible, turn in uh, <laughs> uh, Acts 16 and let's see what verse this is. 16 and 17. Acts 16 and 17. Check out this spirit. Again, we're talking about evil spirits. I'm also talking about good spirits, angels. Uh, he didn't mention that much, um, but I'm mentioning it. Angels is the flip side. Angels are sent to be to minister those to be heirs of salvation, as a scripture I gave y'all earlier. They're to help us, protect us. Angels is not in the business of uh, are talking about who the Father is. They're not in the business of uh, leading, guiding us into all truth. That's the Holy Spirit. We get a mix up all the time when we hear a word in our spirit. We say, "Oh, that was an angel." No, that was the Holy Spirit. And then when something protects us, a voice say, turn here, turn there, and we avoid danger. We afterwards say, oh, the Holy Spirit told me to turn this way. No, that was an angel. Angel uh, is totally our security guards. They fight for us. It's real. It's serious, folks. I mean, there's millions of people that would vouch to that, okay? That's angels. That's angelic protection, okay? That's what Christ had. That's what Paul had. That's what Stephen had, okay? Remember when, when uh, uh, the prisons was opened up? What marched the, the apostles out of the prison? Angels, not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is, is, is sent to the earth to reveal who the Father is and reveal the Word. Evil spirits is what we talked about tonight in spiritual strongholds and spiritual warfare. These spirits come to steal, kill, and destroy, and they like to use ignorance, lies, and deception. I just introduced something called religious spirits. Let's go to the scriptures, and you're going to read about a religious spirit. Acts 16 and verse 17. Uh, start at verse 16. And it came to pass, as we went, a certain damsel, young lady, possessed, possessed with the spirit of divination. More appropriately, that's what the spirit was called. I say religious spirit, same stuff, divination, 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 religious, same thing. A spirit of divination met us, which brought her master much gain by soothsaying. So this woman was listening to spirits and getting information, and so she bought her master lots of money because these spirits knew what was going on into the, the spiritual world, and they can tell you stuff. You can learn stuff from evil spirits. I'm not saying go listening to them, but I'm saying evil spirits, spirits they see in the spiritual. I mean, they could tell, uh, they, they told this damsel things that brought her master much, much gain. So if she didn't know what she was talking about, evil spirits just lying all the time, she would have never brought her master much gain. There are familiar spirits, there are spirits that know things that are to, uh, that's happening 
in the spiritual realm, and they can tell you some things, but they are evil spirits. Now watch this, verse 17. The same, which means damsel, a person, a young girl, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the spirit of the Most High God. These men, excuse me, these men are the servants of the Most High God. Now listen to this. Verse 17, repeat. The same damsel followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, again, this was a spirit inside of this woman that said that. And what was wrong with what she said? Can anybody tell me what was wrong with what she just said? Nothing. Just like she just told the truth there, she told the truth to her master. The spirit would tell her master certain things that would be true and that brought him much gain. But Paul didn't want no evil spirits telling him nothing, even if it is true, because he knows that the spirit is getting ready to do a lie. They'll throw out truth and then they'll throw out a lie. So he didn't want no parts of it. Listen to what he said. Although this damsel just said the truth. Again, listen to what she said, folks. Y'all have already been preached, so I'm just closing this up. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the spirits of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. <laughs> Verse 18. And this did she many days. So Paul put up with it for a while. But Paul being grieved, he was grieved because he knew it was an evil spirit that was using this child, this, this young lady. But Paul grieved and turned and said to the spirit, not the girl, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Religious spirit. Folks that's going to declare something just like that damsel said, they don't say something to you and it's godly. Ain't going to be nothing wrong with what they're saying. But you keep watching their action and their fruit. They don't have the fruit of the spirit. They don't have love. They don't have patience. They don't have kindness. They're religious spirits and they're very dangerous. So I want to add that to what Pastor Youngs just talked about. These spirits will tear up a church, tear up a home, tear up a business, tear up a Congress, tear up a government. They'll tear up wherever they're at because they use the word of God. They use scriptures. These men are men of God. What can you say to that? It's true. But it was a spirit talking, and Paul was just grieved. He didn't want to hear evil spirits say nothing. Telling the stuff is deep, 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 family. Why did I pick this subject tonight? Because this family, all families, have spiritual warfare. Angels is talking, protecting them, trying to protect them. They can't hear because they all full of the world and the flesh. But when they do get a chance to hear, they are salvaged. They're saved from different dangers. Yes, this family, 
Yes, this family. I'm talking about you. Our family is in spiritual warfare. Angels are speaking, protecting us. The Holy Spirit is trying to reveal the word, but can we hear? Some of us can. Most of us can't hear all the time, clearly, if we would be um, better further spiritually. And then there's the demons, the spirits with those fallen angels. I don't like one thing Pastor Young kept saying, a lot of y'all say, and I wish all of y'all quit saying this, including Pastor Young, so anybody else saying this, we need to quit saying the devil did this, the devil did that, because it makes it look like he's everywhere at the same time. It's not the devil. It's evil spirits. That's the proper way you say that. It's evil spirits. They're everywhere. But the devil, Satan, he can't be but one place at one time. So let's quit saying the devil did this, the devil, honey, the devil doing it. No, it's evil spirits. There's thousands, millions of them everywhere. So those of y'all just tune in, I see some of y'all just tune in <laughs> all late. It's okay. It don't matter. Y'all just missed a wonderful, wonderful speech by several people. First, we had the clip where the lady was talking about the book on evil spirits. I think I may play her again because it's only three minutes. And then we had the young brother, black young man, talking about warfare on his job. He's talking about how he bonds and loose where he even go on his job. And then Pastor Ed Youngs just came in talking about the technicalities of, of spiritual warfare. Again, I picked this subject because this family is full of, like every family, like everybody on the planet, really, we're engaged in spiritual warfare. If you don't know about it, you don't care about it, it ain't important to you, not a problem. You're probably losing. Because if you don't know about it, you just walk around in Vietnam and you're in the middle of a war and you don't know it. What do you think going to happen? Well, you're in the middle of a war. There's a war is for your mind, for your spirit. Pastor Ed Young is just saying Every thought we're supposed to pull down captive. So I'm going to play this clip by the sister talking about the book, The Solution. She says the book is only 10 bucks. I'm not trying to only know her, but uh, this book is powerful. Uh, you can go on the internet and pay 10 bucks to download it, and you get a lot of what Pastor Ian Young just was saying. So this is the only thing I'm going to play. The rest of this I can't play because uh, the pastor spoke for 45 minutes almost, and the young brother spoke for five minutes. Before. So some of y'all are late. I'm, uh, let's see what it is, 11.07. I may play him, but for sure let me play her real quick. Just talk about the book, and then we'll go with some of the scriptures, and I think we just close out. So check this out. This is the, the first clip we played talking about the book on spiritual warfare. That you, you can get downloaded in electronic form, ebook, or you can get the hardcover book, and then we'll be back shortly after this three-minute clip. Are you feeling afraid, lonely, depressed? Are you ready for a change? Do you ever have panic attacks of gripping fear that terrifies you? Are you ready for a change? Have you ever heard of spiritual warfare? Spiritual attacks are very real and more active than you may know. The Bible says that we have an adversary. He is a liar. He is a great deceiver. He is an accuser. He is the devil. Satan is our enemy. The goal of the destroyer is to steal, kill, and destroy. How does he try to do these things in your life? Through sickness, pain, depression, poverty, helplessness, loneliness, shame, guilt, condemnation, hopelessness, defeat, and fear. 
only do some of the ways that Satan, our destroyer, tries to get to us. But there is hope. You can be set free from bondage of fear, depression, sickness, all those things. No more chains. How? You need to know the truth. The truth will set you free. Learn how to fight back and win with truth, with power, and with authority. Learn how to start living in victory today. Your life will change. Your outlook will change. Everything will change for the positive in your life. You will discover success, happiness, prosperity, peace, and most of all, a sense of purpose. Are you ready for change? Are you ready for health and happiness? Spiritual Warfare Bible Study will change your life. This life-changing Spiritual Warfare Bible Study book will change your life. You must get a copy of the most popular life-changing Bible study on the topic of spiritual warfare. This book has been used by individuals, groups, and churches all over the world. It has sold over thousands of copies and is being used daily. We are offering a very special ebook price, which means you can download this instantly for only $10. It includes four in-depth lessons that will teach you all you need to know about spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks. If you purchase this special price ebook of $10, you will also be registered for the upcoming online classes. Go to spiritualwarfarebook.com. Spiritualwarfarebook.com. Okay, folks. It's 11 11. Uh, I just want to again um, just let you know that I'm going to be giving out some scriptures here about uh, spiritual warfare because I know some of y'all just listened to that and this is the first time you might have ever heard it. And uh, again, don't think you know it all because you're familiar with some of these scriptures because uh, uh, I'm sure Pastor Young's has some stuff for you you didn't know. But anyway, um, just real quick, here's some scriptures for those that never heard of this, just wondering what's going on. I mean, not what's going on, but how do you accomplish what that, that minister was just talking about? Here are some scriptures that may help you, okay? First and foremost, we need to understand that there is a real warfare. It, I mean, if you don't know it, I just don't know what to tell you. It's just, it's real. And um, Ephesians, Ephesians uh, 6 and 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means we don't war against people. I know people get on your nerve. I know they upset you. I know about the whole black-white thing. Everything seems to be race-related. But white people ain't our problem. They ain't never been our problem. Black people ain't our problem. They ain't never been our problem. Chinese ain't our problem. They ain't never been our problem. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, 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 against powers, against spiritual wickedness, against the rulers of darkness of this age. And this is the New King James Version. I don't like how they word it, but it still will work. Uh, again, Ephesians 6 and 12. Is, okay. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual wickedness, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Okay? That's the war. And it's all around us, people. You know, it's all around us. We just can't see, and that's the problem. We base everything off our five senses. But the truth of the matter is the five senses is only a drop of reality. Let me just quickly give you all this picture. I'm trying to close. I'm trying to close, trying to wrap up. But I've got to show you, share this story with you all. Well, let me just tell you the story and let you know where it was found. Um now, we'll just read the scripture real quickly. In the Old Testament, there was a prophet. In, 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 uh, hold on a second. I'm pretty sure it was Elijah. If you have your Bibles, uh, please turn in, uh, turn to Second uh, Kings 6. And 17, 2 Kings 6 and 17. Y'all got to listen to this. I'm talking about the five senses versus reality. Well, you say, well, I can't see these evil spirits, and I don't know if I believe in all this, and y'all just take this stuff too far, and ain't this stuff ain't really real. It's all in your mind, and some of y'all say that. 2 Kings 6 and 17. Listen to this. Listen to this, please, folks. I'm going to read this as brief as I can. We'll start at verse uh, <laughs> verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. Again, the servant of God rose early in the morning, went about, and behold, an host compassed the city with horses and chariots. He looked out and he saw all these horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, the servant said unto his master, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Or in other words, what are we going to do? Verse 16. And he, he is the master, and he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. What? <laughs> Again, let's recap. This man went out to the city, saw a whole lot of horses and chariots, and he told his master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? And the, his master, who was Elijah, said, there is more that be with us than be with them. That's what the pastor was just saying tonight. But when you look out, all you see is these enemies. Now listen to verse 17. Here's the main reason why I brought the scripture up. Verse 17. And Elisha prayed. Some people pronounce Elisha. Prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. He was already looking. What do you mean open his eyes? He was already looking. He saw that there was a host compassion city with horses and chariots. So what in the world was Elisha saying? Open his eyes. He went on to say that he may see. 
Then it goes on to read, And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. Wait a minute, wait a minute. But he already saw it, and he saw in the city, and there was all these horses and chariots. What is the second sin again or with some different eyes? The prophet Elijah said, Open the young man's eyes. And the Lord opened his eyes. And it goes on to read, And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. They just want horses and chariots, but fire. And the mountain was full, full of these chariots of fire round the body Elisha. Now, I read all that to say that's the spiritual realm. That's the way it looked all along in the spiritual realm. And you've got to make up your mind, family, friends, if you're going to believe the Bible or not. It's just that simple. There's a whole lot of scriptures just like that about spiritual warfare. I personally, I'm not going to go off into it. Uh, y'all, if, you know, if, you, if you're on the Internet, uh, go to Five Smooths, Block Talk Radio, and then type in the word Five Smooth Stones. Go down to uh, my, one of my old shows. If you type in five smooth stone, move down to April 15th. I talk about demonology. I'm not going to do it tonight. And I have to go over some personal one-on-one, eyeball-to-eyeball dealings with evil spirits. And that's just one little little tiny person's experience. Some of y'all got far more experiences than that. One-on-one dealings with evil spirits inside of people. Not only them, but just evil spirit using me sometimes. I've been used. We've all been used. They're real. Angels are real, and the Holy Spirit is real. All three of these entities is battling for domination on this planet. If you don't know about it, I don't know what to tell you. But I will give you a few more scriptures, and we're going to wrap this show up. We went long enough. Again, Ephesians 6 and 11, for starts is good. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Write that down. Second uh, Corinthians ten three and four. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using uh, and uh, using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destructions. Of strongholds. That's not the King James Version, but that's Second Corinthians ten three and four. Here's another one, First Peter five eight through nine. Hopefully, I'm not going too fast. Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant, be vigilant, and cautious at all times. For that enemy of ours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him. Be firm in the faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical suffering are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. That's First Peter 5, 8 and 9. Again, these are not all the... Not all these are King James Version, but it's still the same point. Psalms 144 and 1. 
Blessed be the Lord, my rock and my keen and firm strength, who teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. I like that one. This is just some scriptures we were talking about uh, with regards to spiritual warfare. All right? This is for some of y'all who don't know, and many of y'all who think you do know, again, you should take notes. Put on the whole armor. The armor, let's see here. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies, that ye may be able, successful to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. It's Ephesians 6 and 11. Uh, then 6 and 14 goes on to say, Stand therefore, that if you put on the armor, stand therefore. Hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and on moral rectitude and right standings with God. What translation is this? It's pretty good. I like to know the translation. I didn't even put it here. Uh, anyway, uh, Deuteronomy 3 and 2. Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God shall fight for you. That's Deuteronomy 3 and 2. Y'all go and read these yourself, okay? First uh, Timothy 6 and 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which ye are summoned, and for which ye confess the good confession of your faith before many witnesses. First, second, second Timothy 4 and 7. It says, I have fought the good fight. Worthy, honorable, and notable fight. I have finished the race. I have kept firmly the faith. Okay. Again, we're talking about fighting. Some people, some of y'all may have a hard time believing that there is really a fight going on in the spiritual realm. I'm just reading scriptures. I'm not preaching. Just reading scriptures for y'all to write down and go and do your own research around these scriptures with regard to what you just heard from those, uh, what was it, five clips. 2 Timothy 4 and 18, and indeed the Lord will certainly deliver and draw me to himself from every assault of evil. He will preserve and bring me safe unto his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Colossians 2.15, God disarmed the principalities and powers. Remember, we just read about how we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the spiritual weakness. This says, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were raised against us and made a bold display and public example of them and triumphing over them in him. And it, let me read this again. This is good. I don't want to miss this. God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them and triumphing over them in him and in it, the cross. That's a good one. That's Colossians 2.15. Talk about how the enemy was just exposed and defeated through the death of Christ on the cross. You know, when he died, his blood was shed. Sin was taken care of, past, present, and future. A lot of people don't know about the future sins. Past, present, future sins taken care of. All right, uh, Second Samuel 22 and 3. This is just a few more. 
My God, my rock in him will I take refuge and my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge. My Savior, you saved me from violence. Okay? The rest is I'm just going to name out where they're found. I'm not going to try to go into this I read every single one of these scriptures. Y'all just, just give you some good, uh, for those of you that want to, uh, scriptures, to validate what you just heard from those four different, five different clips, here you go, all right? Let's start with Luke 10 and 19, after to the list I just gave you, Isaiah 54 and 17, 2 Corinthians 2 and 4, 1 Corinthians 15 and 57, 1 Corinthians 5, 4 and 5, 1 John 4 and 4, Isaiah 59 and 19, James 4 and 7, 2 Samuel 22 and 4, 2 Samuel 22 and 3. That's just a few. The Bible is full of warfare. We, if I tried to give all the scriptures on spiritual warfare and every time an angel did something or every time a demon did something or every time Satan did something or every time the Holy Spirit did something, we'd be here all day. This is just a start, just to let you know that we are truly in the warfare. I think those videos we heard, audios we heard earlier, they taught y'all, they they was very accurate in telling you how to get rid of evil spirits. None of them went into spirits speaking to folks' mouth and the whole ugly, gory side of it, the exorcist, some people call it, side of it, but you don't have to go to all of that. Evil spirits got to go when you command them to go. It don't matter what they act like or what they're saying through people. It, it, people make it so complicated. It's just very easy. And, uh, of course, you heard the brother talking about opening up strongholds. A lot of people have strongholds in their life. A lot of Christians do. Strongholds. These are areas where you just keep walking in sin. And, again, a sin ain't just the sexual sins and the murders and the lies and the cheaters, but it's jealousy. It's envy. It's pride. Them some ugly ones, I'm telling you. You we wishing for a spirit of murder versus dealing with some of these spirits. And last but not least, religious spirits, you know, people that know the word, that will quote the word. No circles around you maybe, you know. Ministers, a lot of these pastors, apostles, some of these white stocking wearing missionaries. These folks got a haughty spirit and a religious spirit that it will take you for you you just that's why Paul didn't even let the one talk. I mean, that damn's the one saying nothing wrong. She said, these are men, but the Paul said, come out of her. I don't even want you talking because he's a spirit. He knew that that woman had the fruit of the spirit. And when folks don't have fruit of the spirit in their life, this is my take on it. I don't care who you are. I've been doing this for probably the last 25 years. I look at people's fruit. I look at people's kids. If your kids don't like you, if your kids don't love you, you know, I look at people's marriage. I look at people's, I don't just look at folks' money. Money is too political. You need money come and go. But the fruit of the Spirit don't come and go. Love, joy, meekness, kindness. Do people like being around you? You know, do your kids like being around you? You know, do you people in your job, you know, if you're working, been working at General Motors or wherever for a thousand years, people like working around you. A lot of, all my life, I've, I've tried to look at that. And I don't look at other people, look at me. You know, do I have patience? Do I have kindness? Or am I irritable? Am I temperance? You know, to heck with me, quote scriptures. You know, to heck with me, you know, uh, uh, doing spiritual things. Do I have the fruit of the Spirit? 
And sometimes I've looked in the mirror and I have to acknowledge and say, I don't. I'm just religious. I'm just walking around. I'll, I'll tell people about the Lord here and there. And, you know, I'll go to church and I'll, you know, play my little gospel music and I, you know, try to teach on different things, you know, even on blog talk. I have some other blogs I do throughout the week. I talk about other subjects. But the bottom line is, do you have a fruit of spirit? If you don't have the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit is not dominating your life. If the Spirit is not dominating your life, why isn't it? The Spirit is not dominating your life and you don't have the, the love. I mean love not where you think you got love. It ain't about what you think. Ask other people what they think. Ask people that don't know you what they think. Do they, if, they, if other people don't say you have it, you don't have it. If you ask me, I say, well, yeah, I got this. Yeah, I got it. But no, you don't ask yourself. You ask people that don't know you. You don't ask folks you're controlling. You ask people that you don't have control over. Do you see joy in my life? Do you see? Am I happy to you? And I've been shocked to hear what people have told me over the years. No, you look mean. You look miserable. You look this. You look that. You don't look happy with your marriage. Or, you know, poverty is a is a sign now, you know, because, you know, if your money ain't right, obviously that's a sign. But it ain't the only sign. It's a lot of people's money ain't right. Maybe they did stuff to, to where their money not right, but then they went and repented, and their money ain't came around yet, but their heart is right. And they have the fruit of the Spirit, but they're struggling financially because of bad decisions they made, but they have the fruit of the Spirit, so technically the Spirit is ruling in their life. But a religious spirit, on the other hand, they can be a millionaire somewhere, and they don't get the right things by their money, but their character stinks. And like that damsel that brought that master much wealth, this thing is deep, deep, deep. So, family, I just thought I'd bring spiritual warfare your way tonight because all of us, every every aspect of this family, every aspect of all my friends' family, every family on this planet to talk about spiritual warfare. We are just every thought. When I have talking to you right now, your next 50 thoughts, Probably three of them will be influenced by evil, evil spirits, good spirits, or the Holy Spirit. We are totally engaged. So that's why I let other people teach this thing tonight. I didn't want to teach it. I want nobody thinking I'm trying to tell you something or trying to say something to the family. Because sometimes people think that, and i got better things to do. So anyway, I love every single one of y'all. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Uh, hopefully tonight we wake up and... And chat and look in the mirror ourselves, you know. And the brother talked about spiritual strongholds, and these strongholds are this will destroy his family, these strongholds. You know, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're not even following Christ, I'm sorry to tell you, you're already on the devil's turf. You're already on his turf. If you don't fear the Most High and follow his laws, and, and you've given, like the brother was saying earlier in, in those clips, you close all the doors of your life, He already in control of you. It's probably why you think this show is just crazy and bogus and have no foundation because you're already captivated by the enemy. Serious. So the first thing you need to do is follow the advice of what the brothers were saying. Hopefully you prayed along with uh, those people that prayed. But the step further from that would be for you to start studying the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and first get the gospel told to you the good news of Christ. And after you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, ask yourself, do you believe it? If you believe it, ask the Father into your life. 
and follow the son's example, what the father wants for us. It's just that simple. All them spirits got to go. You don't need nobody praying over you and dragging spirits out. and all. They got to go. They evicted once the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And that's the Father to fill you with his spirit. That's the second experience. Very important. And be baptized in water. It's very important, folks. But all these things can be accomplished if you would just get that book the lady talked about for a measly little ten buck. That's how important. Um, uh, if it's worth, I, sh- I meant to say, surely a little $10 is not going to hold you back from uh, a spiritual explosion like salvation. I'm sure you're not going to let that hold you back. So go to that website and download that book. You don't have to have it sent to you. You can get the e-version of it, and you also was instructed by the pastor tonight with regards to salvation. So you are without excuse. All right, fam, I'm going to wrap this up. We'll end with... Uh, um, this song should tell tell the whole thing. Um, this is R. Kelly. I started off with him. I'm going to end with him. He uh, in his quest for the spirit. Um, no matter what you think of R. Kelly, what he's talking about with regards to the spirit is real. He's asking the spirit to lead and guide him, and you should too. So don't let the off the R. Kelly's mistake calls you not to listen to the words of this song. It's a very powerful song. Good night, family. I can see my destination. I can hear my call. No more hesitation.